0: So we talk about generosity today. And I very intentionally started with sharing this key value. And it is maybe actually one of the key values that I am the most excited about. Generosity. I mean, you can look at uh, the news and you're going to see a lot of people um, do things that are greedy, right? Greedy things and selfish things. But we here at Stockholm Community, we want to be a church that is known for our generosity. So when people hear Stockholm Community, they think, oh, that's a generous church. Oh, you go to Stockholm Community? Wow, you are so generous. That is going to be our reputation in this city and in this world. And I think that is super exciting. Generosity always has a ripple effect. There's always a ripple effect that comes with generosity. It starts something. When someone does a generous act, there is always a ripple effect from it. We are standing here today because people have been generous. The reason that this church exists today is because people have been generous. There's Tony, there's Eric, there's Tim and Meg, Ben and Christy, Steve, Don and Sue, Chris and Julianne, Tim and Melissa, Megan and Dan. And you may go, I don't think they go to this church. And you are so correct, they don't. But they are individuals who for the last up to four years have invested into this church becoming a reality today. Every month they give a gift because, so that this church can be in existence. None of them, actually only one of them, Tony, has been here to Sweden. They live in all different parts of the U.S. But they captured the dream and the vision that Brian and I had to start a church, and they said, you know what, we want to give towards that. We want to be generous. So every month, they send money so that we can be here. Then we have churches, River Valley, Red Rocks, Life Point, Oasis, Calvary Church, Victory Church. We have this keyboard because of Calvary Church in Toledo, Ohio. You know, we have different signages because of Life Point Church. And in those churches were people who said, you know what? We believe in this church that's being planted and started in Stockholm, Sweden. Generosity has ripple effects. So we are, may never meet these people in these different churches or these individuals who give. But you know what we wouldn't have a service here today if it hadn't been for their generosity they saw something before it became a reality and said i want to invest financially into that now in addition to finances they invest in prayer they invest in support they invest in encouragement all of those things play together for generosity we wouldn't have our awesome cap, we wouldn't have had our easter brunch if it hadn't been for generosity Again, generosity has a ripple effect. Brian and I, we have a good friend. Uh, He's actually probably more Brian's friend than my friend. Uh, They grew up together, his name is Eric. And uh, Brian and him go way back. Uh, I love it when we get together with Eric because he just shares great stories about Brian, stuff I didn't know. So I just just ask Eric questions all the time. Well, what about this and what about that? Well, about a year ago, and, and, and Eric's been following our journey. And he'll send notes of encouragement. And uh, when we go to the US, to Florida, he always says, come and visit me in Destin, Florida. And uh, if you've ever been to Florida, Destin, Florida is the place to go. It is beautiful, beautiful beaches. And it's just, it's a really, really cool city. So he says, come and stay with us, hang out with us when you're here on vacation. So we usually do. But about a year ago, uh, Eric contacted us, and he said, hey, I've been following your journey, and I've been praying for you guys, but, I really feel like the Lord has asked me to give financially so that you guys can start this church in Stockholm. And we said, okay. And he's like, well, you know, this is a big step for for me because we live on a very fixed income. We have a lot of different expenses. We have medical expenses. We have our bills to pay. We have some debt, but I really feel like God is asking me to give. And so he's like, so I'm gonna be obedient and I'm gonna start giving uh, to what you guys are doing there in Stockholm. And so Eric starts, and honestly, he said, I wasn't sure where the money was gonna come from, but I wanted to be obedient to what God had put on my heart. So Eric started giving, and it wasn't even two months, maybe three months later, all of a sudden, he got a raise at work that he wasn't expecting. And he's like, Carolyn it covered up the difference, uh, and more than what I was given to you guys. And so he started supporting another guy who is planting a church uh, or who was working in Haiti and, and working um, with different organizations there. A few months later, his daughter had an awesome opportunity to go to the select camp, but it was really expensive to go to it, and she was gonna go to, um, to, the, to the East Coast. And all of a sudden, out of the blue, she got a scholarship that covered the whole fee for her to go to this camp. And Eric came back to us and he said, I know because I listen to God, He provided in all these other areas for me. I had to take a step of faith. I had to trust that as God was calling me to be generous, God was going to take care of me. Now here comes my little balancing statement, which I want to do when we start talking about money and we start talking about money in the church. This is not give to the church and tomorrow you're going to win the lottery. Okay? This is not, I know some of you are like, oh, come on. Now you could... If you do win the lottery tomorrow, please tithe off of it to the church and be blessed. But this is not a prosperity message, okay? This is not give to the church and all of a sudden money's going to magically show up in your bank account, okay? This is not. This is saying I trust God with my finances, and as I trust God with my finances and I put him number one in that area of my life, I'm going to see God do other things and make other things happen in my life. I'm going to take a step of obedience, and so this is not, you know, some people get a little nervous about this prosperity message. This is not a give to get. We have an opportunity to give. We have a privilege to give. And then in that, as we align our life with the Lord, He then is freed up to do some amazing things. James 1.17 is every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father who created all the lights in the heavens He is always the same and never makes dark shadows by changing. I love that last part of it. But it comes in every good and perfect gift comes from the Father. So everything good, everything perfect that you have in your life comes from God. So we need to acknowledge that, that when things are good, and and I'm not just talking material things, but relationships, uh, anything that is good, comes from the Father, and it is a gift. And so when we recognize that, all of a sudden our heart begins to be filled with gratitude. We start recognizing the things that we can be grateful for. And I'll tell you, what you focus on is what becomes the biggest thing in your life. So if you're constantly focusing on the things that are going wrong in your life, the things that are difficult in your life, the things that aren't working the way you want to, those things are gonna become huge in your life. But when you shift your focus to say, you know what, I woke up this morning, The sun is shining today. I had breakfast today. The train was on time today. I have a job today. It shifts, right? Now that doesn't mean we don't have problems and things we need to work through, but what I focus on will always have the biggest voice in my life. So a generous heart, as we talk about generosity, it stems from a heart that is grateful. It is so easy to be generous when we are grateful. And I don't have to have a lot to be grateful. Grateful isn't a dollar amount or a kroner amount or a euro amount. It is recognizing the good things that I have. I learned very early, I was raised in the church, that you you give your tithe you give your offering and so that's something that's always actually been part of my life you know the offering plate came by and i think as a child i got money out of either my mom's purse or my my grandmother's and i put something in i carried those principles with me as i became adult when i got my first paycheck i took out my tithe my 10 percent, and i gave it to the church as brian and i got married there was no question in, in our lives to say hey well we're going to give our tithe we're going to give 10 percent to the church uh, and then we get to steward the remaining 90%. For us, it's been a, a given. It's, it's what the Bible asks us to do, and, and so, so we've always done it. When we do our budget every year, it is my first line item in my budget. Before I have my rent payment, before I have my insurance payment, it is my tithe. And after that, I, I look into see where all, all the other money is is going to generosity really becomes a reflection of what is in your heart. So it shows, it shows what's going on in your heart with how generous you are. A few weeks ago, Brian and I had the privilege of uh, attending a conference in Vesteros with some really good friends. And uh, during this conference, there was an opportunity for our friend to kind of share his heart with where he wants to see his church go, what he's dreaming for God to do. And so as he shared this, there was that stirring in my heart of, oh, I want to give to what he's doing. I want to give to that dream that God has placed in his heart. And so Brian and I, we always have, we have this agreement. We, we agree on an amount, um, and, then, and then we give it. And we give it without strings attached. We give it generously. And so Brian and I looked at each other. We agreed on an amount. Brian jumped in the car, found the nearest bankomat to pull out the money, and as Brian is, is gone getting the, the, the money, I'm, I'm sitting there going, it's not enough. I just felt the Lord put it on my heart. You need to give more. Now, the first amount that we had agreed on, it, it was a very doable amount. It was an amount, we're not really going to feel this, but it was a nice gesture. But as Brian was you know, getting the money, I was like, it's not enough. And so Brian comes back, And I looked at him and he looks at me and I didn't even have to say anything. And Brian goes, we need to give more. And I said, yes, we do. And so the amount that we agreed on, ouch, this one hurt a little bit. And it was the amount that we really felt the Lord had put on both of our hearts. And I love it because as married couple, we walk in unity and we walk in agreement. And we just said, you know what, this is the amount. It meant we had to take money out of our savings. Some of this money had been set aside for vacation this summer. But it came back out of, and I'm gonna be real honest with you, Brian and I would not have been able to start this church unless some individuals had walked in generosity into our life and had seen the dream of what Stockholm community could become and given to us generously. And so Brian left the church again, went to the all, <laughs> took out some more money, and, and it hurt. I mean it, I mean, it was a little bit of a hurt. Like, oh But we put it in an envelope, and we pulled our friends aside, and we said, we want to be the first who invest into your dream, because we believe in you. And I don't know if, if when we gave them that money, if it actually meant more for them or more for us. Because we all four of us were crying and saying we believe god is going to do something big and i'll tell you when you have gratitude because of what god has done it is so easy to give generously that doesn't mean it doesn't hurt right that you don't feel it and let's be honest i didn't have money magically appear in our account the next week okay it didn't we've had to adjust some of our plans. But that's okay because we invested in something much, much bigger than ourselves and much, much bigger than Disney, right? But something that will have effects for eternity. Society, and, and this I feel like I'm going a little bit into a, a teaching mode, but when we talk about finances and if you look at how everything is kind of set up in, in our world, it, it kind of comes in this order. We spend, we save, and we give. That's kind of how, how it works in this world, right? We spend, we save, we give. Some people get stuck on that, spend, right? We just spend. Every month, we just spend and we spend and we spend. There's not anything left over for saving, and there's definitely nothing left over for giving. You just need to look at the Swedish program, Liksvelem. I don't know if any of you have watched Um And there was I saw an ad about it or a commercial about it. And this one girl, she's like, well, I paid it. I I ordered online. And I didn't think about the bill that was going to come in 20 days. And then the bill came. And she's like, I called my mom. And then my mom paid it. And then I did the same thing the next week. And her mom had spent hundreds of thousands of kroner to pay all of these things that her daughter had bought online. And it was this spend, spend, spend. I need this. I want this. All you need to do is turn on the TV and and you feel like you don't have enough. I don't have enough of a car. I don't have enough of a house. I need new shoes. I need this. And so we spend, maybe save a little bit. And then the last thing that we do is give. But if we're going to follow biblical principles, and that's what we want to do as followers of Jesus Christ, we want to follow biblical principles. we got to reverse this. And so it actually starts with, we give. That's where it starts. And then we save, and then we spend. So spending all of a sudden, now I see, well, I only have this amount of money to spend. So how am I gonna live within that framework? Well, maybe I don't go to Espresso House and buy that really yummy latte. Maybe I don't buy those really expensive shoes, but I can wear my shoes for another month before I have to buy another one. But we reverse the order so that we can honor God. And saving is actually honoring God. Because you know what, we all have those emergencies that come along, the things that we didn't count for. We get a flat tire, or all of a sudden, the dishwasher stops working in the house. And all of a sudden we have a buffer so we can pay cash for it and we don't have to put it on a credit card. And that's where the Lord wants to get us to. Matthew 6, 21 says, for where your treasure is, there your heart will also be. So where your heart is and and what you focus on and where your money is really reflects. Take a look at your, your bank statement. See where your money is going. Yes, we need to pay rent and we need to pay for our mortgage. We need to pay for transportation and food, but look at all those other expenses and it'll tell you where your treasure is, what you value. Proverbs 3 9 through 10 says honor the Lord with your wealth with the first fruits of all of your crops. Then your barns will be filled to the overflowing and your vats will brim over with new wine. So God says there's a promise when you give me your first fruits then I can do this in your life. I read a story today or this week and I'm reading a book by Robert Morris. If you want to look at learn about giving and and financially aligning your life with the Word of God, read two books by Robert Morris. But he shares a story in his book, uh, it's called The Blessed Life, where he had a friend where he said, uh, the friend said, the Lord told me to tithe 15%, not 10%. And so he did, and then he saw that his income doubled. And then he felt the Lord said, I want you to tithe 20%. And he saw his income double again. And then he tithes 25%. And eventually he came to the spot where, because his income had doubled so many times, he ended up actually tithing 50% of his total income, because it was even more than what he had started out with. He's like, I knew I could live on what God had given me from the beginning, and I just wanted to honor God with my finances. And so when we do, God will bless and God will provide in ways that we could only have imagined that he would do. God doesn't need your money. We don't take up an offering here because God needs your money. He can do anything. But he wants you to realign your life with his word and he wants you to check your heart. And we're gonna look at two different hearts here in the story in John chapter 12. And it's John chapter 12 verses one through eight and I'm actually gonna read the whole thing because it's gonna give us a bit of a context to it. And I'm gonna move out of the way so you can see it. Six days before Passover, celebration began. Jesus arrived in Bethany, the home of Lazarus, the man he had raised from the dead. A dinner was prepared in Jesus's honor. Martha served, and Lazarus was among those who ate with him. Then Martha took a 12 ounce jar of expensive perfume made from essence of nard, and she anointed Jesus's feet with it wiping his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance. But Judas Iscariot, the disciple who would soon betray him said, that perfume was worth a year's wages. It should have been sold and the money given to the poor. Not that he cared for the poor, he was a thief. And since he was in charge of the disciples' money, he often stole some for himself. Jesus replied leave her alone She did this in preparation for my burial You will always have the poor among you But you will not always have me And so you can look at this story And Brian had shared um, a couple weeks ago about Lazarus So Martha is Lazarus' sister So Jesus raised Lazarus from the dead Do you think Martha had something to be grateful for? Do you think her heart was filled with gratitude? Absolutely. And so here she has an opportunity. And so Mary, she gives the most expensive thing that she had. Judas's response, he just wanted to collect money. That's what he wanted. Mary, she humbled herself before the Lord by washing his feet. Back in those days, that was probably one of the dirtiest jobs you would do as a servant because it was dusty and sandy, and people, and, and the men at the time worked around in sandals. So to wash someone's feet, to lower yourself, to wash someone's feet, was one of the lowest things that you could do. And so Mary, she took that perfume, poured it over, and then she wiped the feet with her hair. Okay, that just sounds weird to me. Okay, can, can we take a moment? Like, I like my long hair, but to wipe someone's feet and wipe oil and perfume off of it and wash it with my hair, okay but she honored God, she honored him. Judas has that false sense of righteousness, right? When Judas says, wouldn't it be better if we gave it to the poor? You know, this is what we should do with the money, but that's not really what was in his heart. Mary, she gave a whole year's salary, a whole year. It was worth that much money. Judah saw it as a waste. Anything that you give to the Lord, he will never waste. Just so you know that. Anything that you give to the Lord, he will never waste it. He will use it and he will multiply it and he will use it for his honor. Mary, she was part of something much, much bigger than herself. She was preparing Jesus because it was right before Passover, right before he was about to be crucified, right before he was about to take all of our sins, right before he was about to die, right before he was about to be raised from the grave. And so she honored him and prepared the way for him to take our price. She saw something that was bigger. She saw the potential of what was to come. Judas only saw himself. There was gonna be less money in the coin purse, less money that he could take. And we all know the story of Judas and what happened to him and how sad it is after walking with Jesus for so many years. His heart was so set on money, so set on money and not set on Jesus. And so I look at these hearts and I go, personally, I go, Lord, I want to be Mary. I wanna walk like Mary, I wanna have a faith like Mary, I wanna trust like Mary. And I wanna give the way Mary gave. I want you to live as generous as God calls you to live. And honestly, it's not in a specific amount, but it's whatever God puts in your heart and so one of the verses, um, if worship team wants to come up out of 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 7, it says, Each of you should give what you have decided in your heart to give, not reluctantly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver. And so I, I did. I very intentionally put the offering at the end of service. Very intentionally. And this is not, I don't want to talk you into anything. I don't want to pull your emotional strings in your heart. I, I want to share biblical principles with you that if I said, if those of you who want to give today, the offering bucket, it is on the other side of the bridge, It is pouring down rain, but if you want to give, that is where the bucket is, and that's where you need to go, that you would go. I want you to live these principles because you believe in them, and you believe that honoring God with your finances, honoring God um, with everything he has given you to be a good steward, that you would give even when it's really, really difficult to give.